You're listening to The Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they are bringing the piano into the 21st century. Last time, we spoke to Ben Lottie of ToneBase.com about the origins of this great new resource for high-level piano education. And now, the conclusion. How do you recommend as a piano teachers to use ToneBase for students? That's a very good question. And it's something we're always working on uh, and improving because the platform was not originally intended like in, immediately f- you know, for some obvious practical use for students. Uh, its original intention was more for the kind of capable amateur. These are the atomized amateurs who live all among us, but we don't know them yet. Maybe they end up being our adult students. You know, I had many in, in New York, but um, they're the ones who really often didn't get a taste of this education or it's been decades since they, they got to be in those environments. So that was the original target and that helped shape the original framing of the platform. But as we started building it, it became clear that there's many different audiences that would be attracted to this product. Uh, and so we, we sort of internally refer to them as personas. Uh, and so there's there's beginner personas, casual and serious amateurs, there's st- conservatory students. Really, I, tr- I see that as a kind of high school, college age, sort of like potentially pre-professional track, or at least very serious about mm. practicing. And then there's professionals of different stripes, including teachers. And teachers are often performers too, and performers are often teachers too. So it was hard to distinguish those. But there is a um, community of pedagogues, as we know, and you are among them. And New York has a very strong community with the with the Congress, with the open forums that you guys have created. Of course, there's MTNA, and uh, these teachers are also often not directly connected, especially if they're in Topeka, Kansas, to what's going on in That's right. Colburn or Curtis, right? So that we we realize like there is an intrigue there, and Frankly, I have to say, we we learn a lot from them too. I mean, we're in communication with with mm-hmm. teachers all the time who are interested in the in tone base. They want to, you know, could we always have a teacher discount? By the way, I should just av- advertise that. I don't know exactly what it's at right now, but I think it's Woo-hoo. sounds great. I don't want to I don't want to cite the wrong figure, but in the past, <laughs> it's been thirty percent. Mm-hmm. If you're a teacher and you want to subscribe to tone base, mm-hmm. um, you know, email our our support team if you don't find the the uh, teacher discount. Um, uh, online and and we'll we'll get it to you, uh, but um, we're in dialogue with them all the time. In fact, many are actually giving us feedback and and mm-hmm. telling us their experiences and sharing them. So I don't see it as just like teachers are our audience and we're creating a product for them. I see it hopefully as a kind of continual collaboration and community building where we can learn from them too. Because guess who doesn't know how to teach kids concert pianists? Guess who doesn't know how to teach kids? <laughs> Uh, Juilliard and Curtis professors. They have no idea. Mm. They're the worst at it. I mean, maybe there's an exception. Okay. Uh, I didn't say it's, that. It's the, hardest, say that. <laughs> it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And it's often the most thankless thing because you mm. wouldn't get, you wouldn't get these great virtuosi who many of these professors, I think would be the first to admit that they get the spoils of what many nameless teachers around the world Mm -hmm. have produced. And yes, there's a lot of bad teaching out there. Mm. It's true. Uh, And that's partially because these, there's not enough 
um, structures of, of training in pedagogy and, and sharing of knowledge. They're there, they're not always utilized successfully. And there's just a lot of teachers who are sort of stray from this and mm. do their best. But piano teaching is damn hard. And mm. teaching, being around kids is just as hard, whatever you're teaching them. Mm. So put those two together, especially with, I don't need to tell you guys this, especially with like short attention spans. And it's one of the most remarkable achievements if you can take a child and, and turn them into a, a great musician who actually wants to do it and doesn't hate doing it. Mm. So on top of it all, even if you train them well, mm. they might hate their lives. It's so hard. It and so those who have done that should be getting like presidential medals of honor or something. And they're not. And that's uh, work. Well, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> the three of us were so great with children. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my presidential <laughs> medal. Of honor I know. Mail. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I commend you. I've done it. I don't think I did it as well as I, I could have. I could have dedicated myself more to it. I would have had to dedicate my life to it mm. because it deserves that. You know, it's not a mm. freelance thing. No. And so uh, I really appreciate you guys. And, so and so, okay. So back to the question: What can we? <laughs> what can Tone Base do for teachers? Right. We are developing more and more structured. Mm materials that I think actually fill in a lot of gaps that uh, typical, you know, piano lessons might not cover. So when I, when I had lessons and I had, I had some good teachers as a kid, I had some ones that, you know, were probably watching TV at the same time that they were like, you know, teaching me hot cross buns. But um, in, in any case, there was this sense that like, you need to learn this next piece. You need to learn this next piece. And oh yeah, something about theory and something about just general musicianship maybe but you need to learn this next piece and you need to program it into your fingers and then you need to regurgitate it on stage. Okay. Well, I'm not saying this is everybody. I do think it's common and I understand why it's common because there's an expectation from parents that their little kid has to play a recital at the end of each season. And so then teachers are pressured into this kind of like repertoire driven track. Right. I, I, mm -hmm. I I'm assuming you guys have been there. I felt that pressure too. And, and parents can be demanding sometimes. They put their, they're paying for lessons. They put them in there for a reason. Yeah, they want to so see results. why are you sitting there clapping all day or teaching them solfege or helping their ears out or getting them to improvise things? What is that all about, right? So mm -hmm. I think that matters. And I think every great musician who's ever, you know, made it to, uh, to you know, a high level had some element, whether it was nurtured in them or whether they were just born with it, of a what I would call general musicianship that isn't specific to the piano mm. that you develop in your ear and your mind and your heart and your soul, whether it's rhythmic, pitch, phrase, a, a sense of line and, and expression, um, a sense of collaboration, whether you're playing with others or yourself, the way different parts combine. For me, that's that's the most important thing. And then piano is just one tool we can use to express that core musicianship. Right. I don't think that's right. taught enough, even if teachers know it. And I don't want to mm -hmm. say like, oh, I know it and we're doing it. It's just as hard for us. Yeah. Uh, but we do have the advantage of not having to respond to the demands of teach this, this child a, mm -hmm. a, a piece so that they can impress yeah. their, their grandparents and their friends. So I hope some of our, one of the tools I think we can help teachers with it's have these wonderful, we have, you know, we just released 24 ear training labs on Bach subjects taught by a, a Juilliard music theory professor, Benjamin Groh. And it's wonderful. Hmm. He, at, at, at one of the same time, you're learning all of these fugue subjects, just how they sound. And you're 
reverse engineering them and you're sort of dissecting their anatomy and putting it in your voice and, and putting it in your fingers. And suddenly it's both sight reading and, and ear training and music history and culture all at the same time. Mm. And it's not just for pianists, it's for it's it's about being a better musician. Mm. Okay, well then you watch those. You could show a kid some of those and now they're singing box subjects in solfege or in scale degrees. No. And now they want to learn, then you show them the rest of the piece. Now mm. they want to learn a few. Right. So I think that can help wow. teachers. Mm. We have mm -hmm. Penelope Roscoe has a whole series of uh, pillars of piano technique. She has a giant book published by Peters called The Complete Pianist. So we have a kind of, I'd say, abridged video version of that. And there's labs that go with it. So you can actually practice with her. And she mm. teaches, all you know, just fundamental touches. And she's somebody who sort of like doesn't belong to, you know, any particular school. It's not it's not she's not Talman. You know, she's not. Mm. Not that she hasn't been informed by them, but she doesn't like belong to any particular like lineage or tradition, which I think is an advantage. She sort of mm. reworked a lot of the same ideas herself and she teaches them very clearly and in a British accent. So it must be true. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's great. And then there's there's improvisation materials. Noam Savan, I have to shout out to. He used oh, to be a friend. I saw it. At Juilliard. And now he actually has his own uh he invented his own degree. I think it's the only one of its kind in Stuttgart at the music school there. It's a, if you want to get a master's in piano improvisation, historic improvisation, go study with Noam Savan in Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. He taught these classes that were insanely popular at Juilliard and Curtis. I remember all of my friends taking them. I was an idiot and didn't for some reason. And they're coming out after semester and they're improvising like uh, Baroque toccatas. And so we have a six part series called Intro to Improvisation. Why would that be useful to teachers? Well, you can't learn improvisation from, from six lessons, but you can learn the, first of all, you can be inspired to want to, and you actually learn a lot. And we have deluxe workbooks and um, all kinds of interactive tools and resources during the video. And then you get to watch Gnome do it. And so you're, you're seeing somebody who's like one of the best historical improvisers in the world. And then he, like, from the overhead cam, from the side cam, you know, from the teaching cam. And he's showing you, breaking down his process when he actually approaches something that you might have thought unteachable. If you see somebody improvise, you're like, how that either you know that language or you don't. But he actually is able to sort of introduce you to the process that one could take oneself from, like me, a kind of bad non-improviser. I play music from a score, classically mm -hmm. trained. Mm -hmm. But watching Gnome's videos enough has inspired me to start attempting this. And we actually mm -hmm. have a few um, different historical improvisation series uh, of these kinds. So I think these are actually some of the most useful resources for mm -hmm. teachers because it's not directly about learning your next piece. Right. It's about becoming a better musician at the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And and so I would I would promote tone base for teachers, especially because of that. Not to mention, it's nice to share long form videos of Garrick Olson and Simona Dennerstein and other great artists, John O'Connor teaching Beethoven and Chopin and Bach, whether it's the piece you're learning or not, watch this great artist do this and you're going to be fascinated and you're going to want to play more, right? So there's an inspiration element too. And also just as teachers, teachers want to learn from other teachers. That's who teaches them. They don't sure, get, of course. Yes. there's no teacher of teachers who's not a teacher themselves this is a contradiction. <laughs> so teachers have to learn from each other. They're both always in the process okay. of teaching and learning at the same time. It's one in the same process. And so mm -hmm. just the library of videos of repertoire and mm -hmm. technique from all the great artists we've worked with, um, those are invaluable, I think, to teachers just to, yeah. just to watch. But in terms of just direct 
structured resources, we're still building them. You know, so I wouldn't mm -hmm. say tone base is like you get you can just send your students there and and be like, all right, my work here is done, right? And it shouldn't be that because we don't want to replace teachers. That's we're not in the business. Thank of that. you. I was going to ask you that. Don't steal. Yeah. Well, we've had comments on. We've got some Facebook comments, like you know, I think they just miss. I don't blame people for seeing it this way. They just see the product as like you know, try some kind of video surrogate for the 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 sort of irreducible experience mm -hmm. of in person teaching. We're not trying. Not only are we not trying to take that away, we're trying to promote that because, first of all, a lot of teachers are having to do grunt work, teaching technique and things that actually tone base might be able to take care of. Hey, go watch some of this so that in your lessons, I can work with just you and me personally, the student and the teacher on your specific problems because tone base can't do that. So there's a lot of general knowledge about playing the piano mm -hmm. that I think teachers spend a lot of time on at the expense of the really specific personalized needs of their student. So actually tone base can fill that kind of general knowledge uh, void. And then mm -hmm. teachers can be left to focus on their, the, the student in front of them. So I, I hope it's a resource for teachers too, to sort of like allow their lessons to be more enjoyable. You can watch lessons mm -hmm. with students. You can send mm -hmm. them home. They can come back and be like, you can discuss what they watched. Mm -hmm. uh, they could practice along with these things. And the people using Tonebase, they're not going to quit their lessons. More likely, they're going to sign up for lessons. Mm. Now they want. Now they now they need to take the next step, right? So mm. I hope that, and it seems to me like it's true that teachers see this as promoting what they do mm. and is valuing what they do and and contributing to it. Thank you for clarifying that. That's very helpful, and thank you. So my my last question would be. I want to know the future of Tonebase. There is so much possibility here, and as you mentioned, so I specifically want to know who are you thinking to interview? And you know, right now, currently, you have piano and guitar, but are you going to increase more uh, instruments? Maybe, maybe you know, famous duo or you know, trio, quartet. There, there's so much uh, potentials. And which pianists are the tone base wish list? Hold well, name your favorite pianist, and they're on my wish list, and I have them in a spreadsheet somewhere. You know, <laughs> I'm stalking them. I know, <laughs> I know weird statistics like number of Google hits of different, you know, the different mm -hmm. pianists. I it's it's creepy, but <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who. Uh, I mean, I was lucky enough to work with Manny. By the way, he's Manny the moment you meet him. He's kind of like Seymour, you know, it's it's immediate friends. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And so everyone can look forward to those releases in mm -hmm. in July. Uh, he basically learned a lot of late Chopin that he'd never played during the pandemic. Like, did you know that Manny Axe never played the Chopin bar curl? Wouldn't you have assumed that was part of his repertoire? He just mm -hmm. added it. And so we have him wow. talking about it among many mm -hmm. other Chopin works. And then he performed the two Opus 55 Nocturnes for us. Mm -hmm. um, so he's no longer on the wish list. He's real. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working with Anne-Marie McDermott in August, a wonderful artist. Uh, mm -hmm. She'll be just finishing up at Bravo Vale and then headed to LA and teaching the Bach A minor English suite. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to be awesome. I will say that I don't know when it happens and I want to say when and not if, um, but I'm, I'm in touch with uh, Marie-Joelle Perez, who's one of the just 
great phenomenal pianist of, our gen of the last generation, mm -hmm. Chopin. Her, Sch her Schubert Opus 90 impromptus are the best I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. So go listen to Pires playing those. I've been in touch with her. She has this festival in Portugal. She is developing a lot of her own media. I don't know if she's going to work with Tombase immediately, but mm -hmm. it feels like it's on the horizon. And she's pals with people mm -hmm. who are seemingly just out of reach, like Martha Argerich. And, and I, so I've made these kind of connections. Mm -hmm. Also, Ricardo Castro, who won Leeds in 93, has been a wonderful, um, oh gosh. just, yep. uh, com, you know, uh, uh, contact for me and has been very supportive. He was a tone-based user. And we had these user interviews to try to improve the product. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting there talking to Ricardo Castro and I didn't know who he was at first. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh yes, um, you know, I am uh, was in a duo with uh, Maria Joao Perez and, and I just visited Martha yesterday she's friends with my she loves my son and this and I'm like okay well maybe one day not only Ricardo but Martha Argerich is top on the list look I want to get Zimmerman he's off limits practically I want to oh, get yes. Sokolov he's off limits mm -hmm. Kissin is going to cost a fortune you know so <laughs> they're there and I think in terms of just next great pianists we're we're close to them now there's a lot that are at that caliber but more accessible mm -hmm. and I do think you're going to be seeing more and more of them um mm -hmm. in the next year I I could I could go through names, but honestly, I don't want to sort of tease any of these out because there's right. not immediate prospects, but there's a lot on the horizon. I'm in touch with managers. Um, I'm in mm -hmm. touch with some of these pianists directly, and it's just, it's a timing thing. They're mm -hmm. busy people. and uh, But a lot of them, they seem to all know about tone base now, and they've seen the great artists we have, and there's more and more of an interest from them. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to get emails from conservatory professors at mm -hmm. CIM and other places saying, can I teach for you? So that's, we're starting to get calls from Curtis, like, mm. can we collaborate? So I, there's a growing interest in what we're doing. I think that's really great. I hope that keeps mm. up. We're a business. So there's all kinds of business, uh, pedantic business things going on internally that um, we're trying to make the best decisions for how to sustain the company, stick to our mission, right? Mm. Like not betray the mission in favor of some get rich quick scheme that wouldn't work anyway for our product, mm. but we are a startup. You know what startups do? They usually create some, you know, bad product and they fail after a, a couple of days. And it's just not the kind of enterprise that you usually see this kind of classical mm. music education, you know, like thriving in. So it's a challenge to figure out how do we grow at this kind of like rapid pace while also like staying true to the, the, uh, to our commitments as, as teachers, educators, artists, and so on. In terms of expanding and growing, I'd say tone base is next steps. Of course, since the beginning, after piano was meant to be, okay, let's, let's finish the other instruments. It's been a timing thing, because now we're thinking maybe strategy-wise, we want to broaden the instruments we have. I don't, I don't see classical piano and jazz piano as being separate platforms. I see them as part of one history of the piano. And we already have had some great jazz artists on live streams and I want more and more of that content. So that might be where we invest mm. our energies. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some thought of maybe strings as a whole being next or violin and then mm -hmm. cello or maybe high strings and low strings. Mm -hmm. the, the, the issue there is, um, well, guess what the two major amateur instruments around the world are, piano and guitar. The, mm. Yes, there's Suzuki violin and, and cello lessons, mm -hmm. but as you get to the other orchestra instruments, you see le fewer and fewer just ordinary people who might subscribe. So this becomes a, a business challenge. Maybe mm. the next platform 
for orchestra instruments is about excerpts and we try to sell it to conservatories and we get all the great principals to teach those excerpts. That's just an idea that's floating around. Mm. Um, and, and maybe uh, maybe we go beyond music, right? I mean, the, one of the founders, you can't be a startup founder and not have ambitions, right? So of course. part of their ambitions is to not only expand beyond classical genres, but to expand beyond music and potentially um, teach you cooking or, or chess or or um, arts and crafts of different kinds. Now these tone-based versions of these things exist. Mm -hmm. So once you, once we get there, you know, then it's gonna be a lot of competition and maybe partnerships or who knows what it'll be like. But mm -hmm. this kind of space of a creative online education at a mm -hmm. high level is, was already happening and then COVID happened and now it's about to just thrive. I mean, Masterclass was already there. Now they're doing mm -hmm. Outlier. Aaron mm -hmm. Rasmussen is starting Outlier if you haven't seen it. So you can go take mm -hmm. calculus and psychology courses and get <laughs> credit, right? So mm -hmm. we're not accredited yet, but maybe we move to a model where we're actually able to contribute to online education. Mm -hmm. And that opens a whole, that opens a whole like sequel episode that we'll have to do together where we talk mm -hmm. about the complexities of brick and mortar educational institutions versus online education, because there's a lot of mm. potential problems there. There's a lot of potential, mm. uh, you know, achievements there. And mm. so I think that's the, that's the new frontier and mm. COVID rapidly accelerated our journey there. And I think the 2020s right. are going to just see a flourishing of this mm. kind of thing. And I'm just happy that Tonebase might be able to contribute in some small way to that. Mm. Wonderful. What is your advice for young and upcoming musicians in this current technology-based and you know musical environment? I probably don't need to be the one to tell them because they're already doing it, but you have to know technology. You have to not just use it, but I would say learn how to produce with it. Um, I could have done that more, honestly. I mean, you, you might look at me and say, oh, look at this tech musician guy. I, I still feel like a dinosaur around what the 23-year-olds and the 18-year-olds know and are doing. So I, I don't think I need to impart that advice, but besides consuming your technologies you know, and your media, learn how it's made and start making it yourself. So get GarageBand or Ableton or whatever if you're a teenager and get a MIDI keyboard and start making your own jams. Hook up your piano to it and learn classical music, learn how to improvise and, and create new kinds of music with it. Create music we've never heard, compose stuff, uh, uh, be creative. And then I used to say this, I used to say, you say yes to every opportunity. That's always a fun thing to say. I, I would refine that a bit. I still believe in that up to a certain age. And then you have to start saying no. <laughs> But um, of course you need to be picky. So don't say yes to everything, but don't think that because you're comfortable in one narrow sphere and you're good at that one thing, that that's gonna take you where you think it's gonna take you because it never will. Uh, yeah. It's going to be something unpredictable out of your control that will define your life. And the more experiences you have, the more skills you pick up, the more things you try, the more people you meet in music and in life, the more that's going to set you up for happiness and success uh, in the future. So that would be my 
advice to kids is not just practice. <laughs> you should practice, but if you don't like practicing, tell your teacher and have an honest conversation about why you don't. And, and stop this passive aggression where it's awkward because I don't <laughs> like doing it and then you make me. Because piano lessons should be the most amazing thing that every kid has. It should be a gift and a treasure. So if that's not working out for you exactly how you'd like, probe that a bit, you know, explore a bit and um, try some things out and also cut your teacher some slack because they're trying hard uh, and they've, they've got a tough job. So yeah, those, those are that's just a little coda to my advice for, for kids. Maybe Perfect. for those students that doesn't want to practice, they can come to watch some tone bass videos and listen to some them. piano pod, podcast. Yeah, yeah get some you inspiration. Guys, that's, that's why I wanted to practice ultimately, even though I never liked practicing and I never did it very well. It was mm -hmm. because not anybody forced me to. That never worked very well. It just made me mad and upset. And my it made my technique like, ah, oh, I have to do this. It was yeah. because of discovering the music. Like really, the, the the music did it. Mm. Listen to it. Yeah. Compare recordings. Mm. Listen to these dusty old uh, men and women of of yesteryear who've just imparted to us mm. some of the great recordings and music history of any genre, and look. Try to follow in the score. Scores are free. IMSLP. Go go right now. Find a piece you're playing, or find a better piece, or or maybe a more interesting, difficult piece by the same composer. Go on YouTube at the same time, find a rare recording by Courtois or Horowitz and follow in the score while you're listening. I didn't get to have any of that access oh, in, in 1999 or 2002 <laughs> or whenever, when I was, I had to order a VHS of, of Horowitz playing and wait for three weeks before maybe I can watch a grainy copy of it. And I'd had to go buy scores at the store and, and it, it's just, it's all right there. Don't miss this opportunity. <laughs> All right, let's move on to rapid fire. Woot woot. I feel like we've had a, a very long, in-depth, productive conversation. Time to be totally silly. Good. So let me ask you, Ben, what is your favorite comfort food? Biscuits and gravy. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're from Texas, right? With sausage gravy, I should add. But <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm from Texas gravy. and it's the most caloric thing you can possibly eat. Uh, <laughs> I've so studied the IHOP menu. Okay. Sorry. Lightning round. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Number two, cats or dogs? Cats. Okay. Uh, what is your word or words to live by? Question authority, but also think about what you're questioning and think about how you might be an authority yourself and not know it. Hmm. All right. That'll keep us busy. Uh, what is the most important quality you look for in people? Um, a kind of openness uh, and uh, not just open-mindedness, but I like people who like people and who give people the benefit of the doubt. Wonderful. And what is the worst quality in people that you want to stay away from? <laughs> Oh, I've tried to be a Christian and, and befriend all my enemies. So I don't know if I, I have an answer for that, but um, don't be boring. Nobody, I don't think, I don't, I don't no, think anybody's boring. It, it doesn't matter if you have a monotone voice and, and maybe you're not charismatic. Those are some of the funniest, most interesting people. There's no excuse for being boring. 
I don't care what your genes are. You have <laughs> five. There's something interesting about your life that you can share with us. So if you're being boring, I, I just ask you to to practice harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Name three people who inspire you, living or dead. Well, my mom. It's her birthday tomorrow. Just speaking of oh, gracious happy people. Happy birthday. And I guess I should be very basic about this. My father, I wouldn't be a pianist without him. Not that he is one, he's a chemist, but it was his Chopin first nocturne that he was attempting I heard that. as a child. Yeah, I told Seymour this. That was partially why I was fascinated by the piano and, and got into it. And just as a human being, I admire him, you know, endlessly. So um, oh, third. Okay. Well, I, I should I should say that uh, my partner, Sasha, is, uh, I could say the same things about her. And uh, I, I look up to, to her as well. She's a fantastic pianist, um, Sasha Kosman, mm -hmm. and um, she keeps me whole. Great. Okay. Which historical figure or composer do you want to learn, take lessons from, if she or he were alive? Of course, Bach, but I would say that if I could modify the question to give a more interesting answer, I want Bach to be my sort of musicianship composition teacher. Maybe he can like tell me how to tune and stuff. And then I want Gould on my other shoulder. Oh my and Glenn, gosh. And Glenn Gould can sort of, first of all, he'll be talking with Bach. And I think they'll actually be friends, not, not enemies, like a lot of people say. Uh, uh, and 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 Gould will just be there to to sort of show me things. That, I don't think he would ever teach. He wasn't a teacher. But if he were alive, first of all, he would be younger. If he was alive, he would be younger than Seymour Bernstein, Jerome <laughs> Lowenthal, That's right. uh, uh, Leon Fleischer, right? Uh, Gary Grafman. He was born in 1932. He passed away in, at the age of 50. If Gould were here, he would have already started tone bass of some kind. He was really into media. That's and it wouldn't be because he taught you a lesson, but we would film him and Bach together in the same room. Uh, just just being in their presence and sharing in their magic. Um, and so I don't even remember your question, but those are the, those are the ones that I would want to hang out with. <laughs> Name one piece in your current playlist. Well... <sighs> My my girlfriend is Russian American, so I've been listening to a lot of um, Russian, like old sort of Soviet film soundtracks, <laughs> and so there's there's some wonderful music. There's a there's a film that you you have to go see, or you have to, I don't know how you'd see it. It's called The Ordinary Miracle, um, and there's just a wonderful soundtrack to that, and I have it stuck in my head all the time, and it's it's in some playlist because I hear it in the car, but. Guess what's really good? Yeah. Soviet film music. Because guess yeah, why? Those composers were really well trained, and they were they were compensated for their work. And it's incredible. I mean, if you like Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny, you know right. how good or orchestral music can be with film. It's everywhere in 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 Russian film. I mean, just the soundtracks by themselves are are worthy of of stage performance. So, but I'm actually thinking of more sort of pop sorts of Russian sort right. of pop soundtracks. But anyway, that might that's kind of random, but uh, <laughs> well, we come to the very last question. Okay. You get only one song or piece to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? I mean, I I just 
out of duty and obligation and consistency, I have to say the the nineteen eighty one Goldberg Variations recording yes, by by Glenn I just Gould. Knew so, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it I mean, it was be. the only thing I listened. I I'm not exaggerating. It was the only thing I listened to for two years. I I went to Planet Fitness and just bounced yeah. along to the <laughs> to the canons, and it made me want to learn the piece. And after that, I listened to anything for a while. So right. I would probably just. I would take that with me to the desert island or or wherever. Well, so you just answer one of the questions that we were going to ask. Desert. Okay, no, no, but, you can you still know. ask. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, it's it's perfect. I, 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 and I, I can understand you. I even did a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm RI or something with the goods, you know, edition of uh, Goldberg. So, well, very, very last one. Music is blank. What is your music? Music is. The interior of humanity, oh. out loud, oh. made mm. external. May have a Thank you so much. Dream that. That is so beautiful. I'll leave you with that. How about that? A little bit of profundity <laughs> to <laughs> Ben. Thank you so much. So, I think that concludes this episode and this season of the Piano Pod. Thank you so much, Ben Lottie, for joining our show today and sharing your wisdom, expertise, and humor. And as always, thank you so much to the audience for tuning in. If you enjoy today's episode, please rate and review on whatever podcasting platform you use. If you are watching it from YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button and be sure to subscribe to our channel. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The links are in the description below. If you have feedback for us, please leave it in the comments or DM us via social media, or you can also email us at thepianopodnyc at gmail.com. All right, everybody. We hope to see you next fall for season two of The Piano Pod. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so Thank much, you ben. ben. Thank you, Ben. Bye, everyone. Clara, Yukimi, Eric, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I hope to be back some, some other season, maybe. For yes, sure. Definitely. Anytime. Definitely.